news, information, and talk for the Fox Valley. The big one, AM 1280 WBIG, Aurora, Naperville. God bless you and welcome to the Solution Radio Show. Thank you for joining me today. Jesus Christ is the solution for all the situations you and I might find ourselves in. He is God's solution for all mankind for all time. He stated in the Gospel of John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ, he is the one who makes a difference. He made a difference in people's lives 2,000 years ago when he lived and walked among people. And he makes a difference today because he was raised from the dead and he's seated at God's right hand in the heavenlies. I trust that Christ Jesus makes a difference in your life today, that you see the tremendous love that God has for you, that you come to have a deeper and more full relationship with God as your heavenly Father, that you see your purpose in life is far above the day-to-day circumstances of life. God's love for you knows no bounds. We have a very exciting program today. We'll hear some wonderful music, read some of the Bible together regarding the return of Jesus Christ, and in the second half hour, we'll hear two powerful testimonies of God's deliverance in the life of his people. Let's start off with this song by Tom and Tina Kirby, The Hope. Our bodies change. 
Today we're going to take a look at our hope. Our hope is the return of Jesus Christ. To know God and to know his wonderful Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is to joyfully anticipate his return. He will absolutely return someday. It could be this afternoon, next week, or a hundred years from now, but it will happen in the fullness of times, and it will be an incredibly joyous moment. In our look at our hope, we're going to begin in the book of Acts. If you have your Bible handy, if you'd like to turn to Acts chapter 1, we'll read verses 10 and 11. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he, Jesus Christ, went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Here in the book of Acts, we see the promise from God of the return of Jesus Christ. It says, This same Jesus, not some other Jesus, but this same Jesus shall absolutely return in the same manner that his disciples saw him taken up into heaven. The book of Acts is the pivot point between the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Gospels closes out the Old Testament. The Gospels finish out the law. Everything that Jesus Christ did, he did to fulfill the law. In Romans chapter 10, verse 4, we read, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. In the New Testament, which begins with the book of Romans, there are nine church epistles, and they are addressed specifically to you and I today. They include Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. That's the order of those nine epistles, and they never vary in the ancient Greek or Aramaic texts. But 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, even though they're last in their order in the New Testament, they were the first epistle 
chronologically written to the born-again believers. Thessalonians was written first in order to give God's people a hope. Thessalonians goes into great detail concerning the return of Jesus Christ. The heart of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians deals with the return of Jesus Christ. God gave us the hope of the return of Jesus Christ to look forward to so that we can stand a lifetime for him and for his word no matter what the pressures and persecutions of life might bring. In our culture here in the United States, for the most part, the worst of the persecution that you and I might ever have has been a disparaging look or maybe some verbal ridicule. Though it is getting worse in this country with people losing jobs and incurring financial loss because of speaking the name of Jesus Christ because of their stand for God. In some parts of the world today, it's literally a matter of life and death to stand for the one true God. At whichever extreme it may be, with the hope of Jesus Christ's return burning in your heart, you will be able to stand and be bold and walk in love a lifetime, no matter what the persecution. Let's begin to take a look at some of these great verses in 1 Thessalonians. We'll, tr we'll start here in verse 6, if you've got your Bible handy. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Here in verse 6, the believers in Thessalonica were followers or imitators of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. It also says that they were followers of the Lord. The word followers here is the Greek word which means imitators. They were living the word of God in their lives, which made them imitators of the Lord. The word affliction here in this verse means pressures, specifically mental pressure or persecution. Despite the mental pressure and persecution that they endured, they received the word of God with joy. They didn't argue about the word. They didn't dismiss the word. It says that they received it with joy. Joy is a spiritual reality. Joy is inside your heart regardless of the surrounding circumstance. You know, it may be the darkest hour in your life, but when you see life from God's perspective, you can have great joy. To see joy in all of its greatness, well, we can look at the example of the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it states, Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus Christ endured excruciating pain, torture, and humiliation. Yet, he had great joy. The Thessalonian believers had joy even in the midst of intense pressure and persecution that they endured. Joy is much richer, it's much deeper than happiness. Because happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy is a result of believing God's word. In verse 7 it says in 1 Thessalonians, So that you were in samples or examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. The word in samples here means a type, an impress or a stamp. It's that which leaves a mark. The Thessalonian believers, they were out there holding forth God's word. They were making an impact on those around them. They were examples or a type to all that believed in Macedonia and Achaia. Their believing, their boldness, 
their lives left an impact, a mark on their culture and society. When people encountered the believers from Thessalonica, they knew that they had been with the Lord. Those believers made a difference everywhere they went. In verse 8, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. What sounded out from the believers in Thessalonica? It was the word of the Lord, not their opinions about the word, not the current philosophy, not the socially accepted political correctness of speech, not the traditions of men, none of that. They spoke the word. They spoke God's word. If we as Christian believers today ever expect to see God's word live mightily in our day and time as it did in the first century, then we too must boldly speak God's word and nothing but God's word. We need to put our opinions, our ego, our pride behind us and move forward with the greatness of God's wonderful word and his wonderful love. We can't hold on to the hurts, the abuse, or the persecution from others in our lives. When we do, then the adversary has succeeded in neutralizing our lives for God. And we don't want that. God is still the same God today as he was in the first century. He is still a God of miracles and deliverance when people come to his word and believe him. In Thessalonica, the believing of the believers was spread throughout all the area. Paul didn't have to comment on it. Everybody already knew. In verse 9, verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians, it says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. They turned to God from idols, and they served the living and true God. Only God's word can turn people from idols to the living and true God. Idols are not just made of wood or stone. Today in our culture, idols can be an image in a man's mind or in a woman's mind. Those images can be our own ideologies, our own philosophies that are contrary to God's word. That's an idol. When our social or political or personal opinions and positions take precedence over God's word, then once again, there we have idols. Idols are just as real today as they were 2,000 years ago. The people in Thessalonica, they left their idols behind, and they turned and served the one true God. Let's look what else they did in verse 10. And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he, God, raised from the dead, Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. They waited for the return of God's Son, Jesus Christ, from heaven. The believers joyfully anticipated the imminent return of their Lord and Savior. When things sometimes got a little tough in their life or they encountered some persecution, they didn't turn back to their old idols. They'd, they stayed put on God's word. They could stand fast in the midst of ridicule and persecution because they realized their life was greater than just today. Their life included eternity and their full redemption, which would begin at the return of Jesus Christ. It also states in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, 
that Jesus delivered us from the wrath to come. Well, if we're delivered from the wrath to come, then we're delivered. Some people think or believe that we have to go through the whole tribulation period, as described in the book of Revelation, before we get delivered. Some others erroneously believe that halfway through the tribulation period is when Jesus Christ will return for the saints of God. Others believe, and believe rightly, that we are rescued from the wrath to come, and that Jesus Christ could return at any moment. Then begins the tribulation period. What a wonderful hope we have to know that the Lord Jesus Christ could return at any time. That helps us to be motivated and encouraged to want to do what God would have us to do, to allow God to work within us, to will and to do of his good pleasure, and to do the good works which he had prepared before that we should walk in, as it talks about in Ephesians chapter 2. This talk about God's children having to go through the end times tribulation period and the wrath of God, well, it's just not true. God loves us. God loves his children. And we've already been judged in Jesus Christ. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that we have been declared righteous in God's sight. The Christian church today has failed to live up to the greatness of what God has called us to be and made us to be in Christ Jesus. We have erroneously thought that we've had to go through the tribulation, that we have to suffer persecution, God's judgment upon our life. Well, that's just not true. God's word says that we've been delivered from the wrath to come. That's the truth. That settles it. That's what it says there in God's word. Let's continue in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 some more tremendous verses of truth regarding the great hope of the return of Jesus Christ. We'll start in verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. And when it talks about the believer as being asleep, it means that they have died. From God's perspective, they're just sleeping because they're going to be raised again when the Lord returns. So I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep or have died in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you, verse 15, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. Right there in verse 15 tells us that there will be believers, God's people, that will be alive at the return of Jesus Christ. If it were to happen today, that would be you and me. We'd be alive at the return of Jesus Christ. How awesome is that, to, to live in the day and time when the Lord Jesus Christ would return? Could be today. He's coming back. <laughs> Nobody stopped him the first time. Nobody's going to stop him the second time. He will come back. Verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. What a tremendous comfort that is. And that's in the context of those that have died in Christ. You know, we've all had loved ones that have passed away. 
Well, those loved ones, if they were born again of God's Spirit and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't matter what denomination they were a part of. There are born-again believers and saints of God in every denomination. If they've believed that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and they've confessed Jesus as Lord in their life, they're born again. They have Holy Spirit. Well, it says, we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. Those who have no hope are those that are not born again. Those that have a hope are those that were born again and we know that they will be raised from the dead at the return of Jesus Christ. We are patiently waiting for the return of our brother, Jesus Christ. As we wait, we joyfully speak and live God's word, looking to the heavens, anticipating our full redemption in all of its manifestation and glory. Our great hope comes into fruition when Jesus Christ our Lord returns from heaven to gather us together. When the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ from heaven is our hope. It's the believer's hope. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there's some more tremendous verses here about the return of Jesus Christ. And we'll start here in verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. Well, if he's going to show us a mystery, it'll no longer be a mystery. And here it is. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all have died, but we shall all be changed. And that change is a change of a very radical kind. Verse 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we that are still alive, when he returns, shall be changed. That's so tremendous. In a moment, and that word moment, it's, it's an undivisible amount of time. It's the smallest possible portion. It's in the twinkling of an eye. It's just going to happen, just like that. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back. We will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. You'll hear the voice of the archangel from heaven. There'll be a trumpet, and we will be changed. Verse 53, For this corruptible, those that have died in Christ, must put on incorruption. And this mortal, those that are still alive at the return of Jesus Christ, must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying, That is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death is surely swallowed up in victory when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Look at verse 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're to be steadfast. We're to be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What is it to abound in the work of the Lord? To walk in love, to love our Heavenly Father, and to speak those reconciling words of God's grace to people that need to hear about the greatness of who God is and what he's done for them and about the great hope of the return 
of Jesus Christ. If you or I were a research scientist and one of us discovered the cure to cancer, it was a cure it never failed, no matter what type of cancer. You had the cure. I had the cure. Would we not give everyone the cure? (laughs) Sure we would. Would we not talk about that cure for cancer everywhere, every day? Well, we have so much more than a cure for cancer. We have the cure to death, eternal death. That cure, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that's redeemed mankind from the clutches of the evil one. He's the one that will one day return to gather his people together to live in a glorious eternity. Our labor is not in vain in the Lord. We have the cure. We have the answer. We have the antidote to death. The solution for all mankind is the Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 12, it talks about how God has rescued us out from the influence and from the darkness of this world. And then in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 10, verse 11, it talks about how we'll be gathered together in the fullness of times. The gathering together is the culmination of the fullness of times. I so look forward to the return of my brother, Jesus Christ.
song. That's Leon Hansen. Well, we have two awesome testimonies today. The first was called in on the praise line this past week. It's about a young man that has seen tremendous physical healing and deliverance. Let's listen. Hello, my name is Janet, and I call to share a testimony of the mighty hand of God. Jason Gunn is my 37-year-old nephew. He is a trained athlete, went to Indiana State on a track scholarship and remained healthy and fit. Over the holidays this year, Jason wasn't feeling well. They thought he had bronchitis, but on March the 8th, his heart rate skyrocketed and he was airlifted to Methodist Hospital in critical condition. It was determined that a virus had attacked his heart, which affected his lungs and liver. He had three open-heart surgeries in the next five days and was kept alive by a ventilator and ECMO machine. He had a 30% chance of survival. His doctors said it would literally take an act of God for Jason to survive without a heart transplant. From the moment this began on March the 8th, we put out a distress signal, calling all prayer warriors. We used Facebook and all communications available to form a prayer team to devote dedicated prayers for Jason. We posted pictures of him in good health, of his beautiful wife, Amber, and their darling young toddlers, Lincoln and Lila. For two and a half months, people from coast to coast came to know and love Jason and his family. And together we stormed the heavens and prayed daily for his recovery. 
I'm here to tell you that God heard our cries. He carried Jason through some awful storms, but the skies are clearing and Jason is recovering. He will not need any transplants, and I'm thrilled to report that very likely he'll be out of the hospital and home to his family by the end of this week. In closing, let me say never, ever underestimate the mighty hand of God. God is so good. We are so blessed. And I pray for God's blessing to all of you. Thank you. Yesterday, I received word that Jason is now home from the hospital and back with his family. Praise God for his goodness. Well, in our second testimony today, we have in studio with us a wonderful member from the church that I go to. We've been friends for a while, and she saw a tremendous healing deliverance. And I asked her if she would share this story for us today. Welcome, Kathy. Thanks. How are you, Greg? I'm doing awesome. You know, I am really excited to come today, and I'm glad that you invited me because I love sharing this uh, incredible miracle that I witnessed uh, that God delivered healing to my neighbor girl. I got a call a few months ago. It was a Sunday afternoon at 5. I'll never forget it. And Gianna calls me and asks for prayers for her sister Kaylee. And she said that Kaylee is at Northwestern Hospital now. She's on life support. She's not breathing on her own, and her organs are shutting down. So first, the only thing that came to mind was to pray right then on the phone. So we started praying. I was just praying for her complete healing and total deliverance. And I told Gianna, no matter how bad this sounds, no matter what the doctors say, how grim it might be, that uh, she needs to just continue to believe and focus on God and what God will do for her. God created her so he can certainly heal her. And then she said, well, my mom wanted me to call you because she knows God listens. Then I asked her if she thought that the family wanted my husband and I to come and be there with them. And I said, let me know. Because at that point, I'm thinking, I don't want to intrude or uh, impose on them uh, at this moment. But my head was kind of spinning at the time. So she was like, oh, okay. And then I got off the phone, and my husband was listening to the conversation. I said, I don't know what to do. Do we go? He goes, well, of course we, we should go. And I thought, you're right. What was I thinking? We need to go, and we need to be there and just at least support them and and that. And but then what came to mind was uh, James 5.14. God said, if, if any of you are sick, let him call the elders of the church and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I thought, well, maybe I need to call some elders of the church. And our son Garrett, as you know, is uh, a pastor there. And so I called him to get some counsel from him just to see what, what he felt if if it was right to uh, call others, if we needed to go to Northwestern with a with a team of believers, and and he said, you know, Mom, I think you've got this. You've got Holy Spirit. You can do this. You don't need to to call uh, a group to go. You you've got this. And then he started praying with me on the phone. And one of the the most significant things that I heard from that prayer, it was very encouraging to go forth to be there to pray and I know this came from God he said that I commission you to go 
And once I heard that, it was like, you know, it's like a fire that started. And I was just like, you know, game on. I was just like so motivated and, and ready to go. So we jumped in the car and called a friend, Linda, and asked her to put Kaylee on a, a you know, a prayer chain. And, and, uh, and she spoke with me and gave me great encouragement to go forth and be bold, just to go and to be there for the family and to pray over Kaylee. So the whole way there, uh, it was about a 40-minute drive, and we were pretty quiet in the car, and I know we were both praying and speaking in tongues uh, quietly, and I was asking God to just give me the words that he wants me to say and also to be very strong because this is something that I knew once I got there I would probably start crying and be kind of, you know, sensitive and and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be strong for the family. I wanted to be bold and I wanted to be very encouraging for them. So we get there and the family is in the waiting room and just devastated. They have a good sized family and they were just totally devastated because when Kaylee came into the emergency room, she um she wasn't breathing when they found her in the hotel room. She spent the night with her friends, and in the morning they were getting ready to leave, and she was sleeping on the couch, and they went to say goodbye to her, but she wasn't breathing, and her heart wasn't beating, so she had nothing going on. They started CPR right away and called the the emergency crew. There was about 16 minutes they said that they were giving her CPR, that her heart still was not beating. So when she came into the emergency room, uh, they had got her heart started, and they intubated her, but the doctors wrote in their notes they that she only had 95% chance of ever waking up again. So they told the family to prepare themselves for that because they really didn't have any hope for her. So when we got there and saw everyone, um, you know, they, it, you can only imagine how much devastation there was in, in their uh, faces and their demeanor. So after a couple of minutes, oh, the first thing, the first thing I said when, as soon as we got there, I walked in and it just came out of my mouth. I said, "We're going to see a victory today." And they probably thought, "Are you crazy? What are you? What are you saying?" You know. But I was like real positive. I was really like strong feeling that God was going to take care of the situation. And we all got in a circle and prayed. And and one of the the prayers was for um, her complete and total healing. Because I didn't want God just to wake her up. I, you know, God can do everything, so why not ask for complete and total healing? And then the other thing was that I wanted all the praise to this miracle to go to, to God. So then we were able to get in to see her, and um, they had put her on a continuous dialysis. So we waited a few minutes, and then we were able to go see her. And prayed over her and just asked for her total deliverance. Thank God for her life. And as soon as I walked out, then a cousin grabbed my hand and said, come on, let's go back in. She was another strong believer and she prayed over her and, and then um, we were probably there until midnight, but got home and through this whole time, God was taking care of me, giving me strength, not, not crying one bit. Even got home, very, you know, just strong, continuous prayer. Early in the morning, my husband got a text from Kaylee's father, and it said she woke up at 4.40 in the morning. She opened her eyes. At that point, that's when the tears came. That's when the tears came because it was, 
you know, pr- tears of thanks and, and relief and all that. So um, from that point on, day by day, she just continued to um, heal. And she was on the ventilator until three days later. Then they took her off. She was able to breathe on her own. Uh, still had kidneys not functioning and developed pneumonia. But, you know, God just continued to, to heal her and take her right over the finish line. And it was really fun because the doctors then were saying this is a, a total miracle. The people from the lab were sending the results back on a daily basis or from her blood work and saying keep the miracles coming because they've never seen anything like this. So it, that was just tremendous to see um, all that unfold. And day 15, she was able to go home from the hospital complete total healing no physical therapy needed Uh, everything was perfect her kidneys uh, her heart her mind everything absolutely in 15 days was completely healed and God delivered and did give her a total victory it was just beautiful to see that and to experience that and one of the things that struck me that probably within a few minutes after hanging up from Gianna when she initially called was, I just thought, you know, no, this is not going to happen. The devil's not going to win this time. So I was just determined that I knew God is way uh, more powerful and strong than uh, the adversary in in his ways. So I was just very determined to see uh, us prevail, you know, through Jesus Christ and and, uh, what God was going to do for her. So it was just a really beautiful experience. My my personal growth through that was um, significant with my relationship with God and seeing how he was there for me because it was a little awkward going there not knowing how I was going to be perceived or accepted with um, my strong belief with what God could do. But it was amazing how they were so incredibly thankful that we were there and that we were praying and giving them support. Just sometimes when you feel awkward that you don't know how you're going to be um, taken with, with your your beliefs and your prayers and your belief for what God can do, you're never going to know the outcome and you're never going to see the outcome if you don't take that that step and be bold and just place it on God for the strength and know that you're doing his work. This is what he wants you to do in this particular situation and go for it and don't worry about what, how you're going to be perceived or accepted or, or whatever. You just know that you're sharing God's love and he wants you to heal others. So you just go with it and you, you don't put your insecurities um, before God. That's, that's an awesome story. Uh, testimony of God's deliverance. Mm-hmm. That's really wonderful. And now she's totally normal, back home, living 100% life? A hundred percent. She's back at work. She's gone to, she went to yoga, I think, the first week she was back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the doctors are still saying this is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to follow her and probably write a, a story on her, like a case study or whatever, because they just can't. There's no rhyme or reason. Medically, yeah, there's no reason no, for it. No, yeah. not, not a bit. And you know, um, personally, for me, the part of the growth was um, what was so helpful was first, you know, my husband encouraged me to be there. And then uh, when I called um, our son Garrett, he encouraged me and and then friend Linda encouraged me. So I just really 
see that encouraging each other to stand firm, be bold, and just to go for it is really important. God can work in the heart and life of any of his children if we're willing to be bold and loving like you were to reach mm -hmm. out and minister and make our lives available to those that have need, which is what you did. Right. And I, I was kind of con concerned a little bit because I didn't want to be so bold and then you know, you always think of, well, what if this happens or that happens or, or whatever. And I just didn't want it to come back to God. Like they would say, oh, well, you're, you're God that you believe in, you know, where was he? He, you know, we didn't see deliverance or whatever, but I didn't, I just couldn't let that, that, you know, get in the way of uh, what needed to be done. And uh, after we were praying together in the, uh, in the waiting room, that I felt like that was something that they weren't really used to, you know, just standing and holding hands and praying together. Mm -hmm. But right after I did it, Gianna had a big smile on her face, and she said, and that's why I called you. And then her boyfriend said, boy, I think the sun just came out. <laughs> so I, that in itself was like telling me that they that was a blessing to them, that mm -hmm. somebody was there to just pull them together and to, to focus on God and give them hope and... Yeah. That's a great heart set and mindset to have because so often we may have a tendency to look at where we didn't see a prayer answered and say, well, I really don't want to extend myself this time. But God's always ready, willing, and able to deliver and answer prayers. And it's great to continue to pursue in that area and not give up because of something that may have or may not have happened in somebody else's life previously. Right. God is alive and real today. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. This was so strong because they, her mother told me that when she came into the emergency room, she had no brain activity. So usually medically, if you don't have any brain activity, your heart wasn't being this, that, and the other thing, you know, it's, it's no hope. People mm -hmm. don't have hope. The doctors really didn't have hope. But we know that God can do this. This is like the, the biggest medical situation that when we don't have hope but God can do it and he did it yeah. and so it's been uh, a, a huge blessing to other people and in other ways just not only did Kaylee live and she has her life back but people see the power of God mm -hmm. and that's you know that it's um, life-changing for so many people so yeah. it had an effect on way more than just one person. Right, right. Well, that's a tremendous miracle story of deliverance. The way that that I have gotten more um, more confidence and being more bold with God's healing and relying on God to heal is um, first starting in the Word and seeing in the Word so many places that God says that He wants us to go do this, mm -hmm. that He's calling us to do this. And you don't have to be traveling around the world and being a missionary to you know, bring forth God's healing. It's um, in our everyday life. Uh, our family, our friends, every one of us needs healing at different times. And first knowing in His Word that... Uh, he says to go and do this and he will back us on this and and then uh just taking that step and praying and asking him to encourage us and and guide us in the uh, every step we need to take to to doing that and to do it out of love when you just have love in your heart mm -hmm. everything else follows
and then that's that's how it evolves it has evolved for me that's wonderful kathy that's great that's just the beginning too there's going to be many many more i am so excited to see what (laughs) what is in the future what god has in store and to be just open and i'm still learning this just to keep my mind open to whatever god has for me that day Mm -hmm. and the simplest things or the biggest things like this but just to be open to it and excited for the future because once I found out that how much God loves me, and that was through his word, and that he would never want any harm for me, mm-hmm. then I was totally like, you know, whatever you want for me, God, I'm, I'm willing and open and ready to do that because you would never want any harm come to me. So it's easy then. Yeah. yeah it's that, really easy then. That's wonderful, Kathy. Well, thanks so much for joining us You're today. You're welcome. Thank you. Really appreciate it. God mm-hmm. bless you. You too.
I'd like to close with a verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be careful for nothing. And that word careful is better translated anxious. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep or guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In the two testimonies that we heard this morning, tremendous truth there and a great example of God's people being anxious for nothing. It's easy to be anxious when there's some type of a troubling situation, especially health-related situations. But instead of being anxious, the believers went to God in prayer and they made their requests known unto God and God brought great deliverance both in Jason's life and in Kaylee's life. Just so much to be thankful for. So I encourage us this week, whatever situation that arises, and there will be situations, they will arise, let's not be anxious for anything, but let's take that situation, that circumstance, give it to God. And as we give it to God, we know that he hears us, we, we trust that he hears us, and he will answer our prayer. Don't try to take it back after you've given it to him. Allow the peace of God, which passes all understanding, to keep your heart and to keep your mind through Christ Jesus. We have so much to be thankful for. I guess all I can say regarding the return, come quickly, Lord Jesus, <laughs> like it says in Revelation. So what a wonderful hope we have. I'd like to thank you for joining us today on The Solution. And special thanks, too, to both Janet and Kathy for sharing their testimonies and their heart and life with us today. All of the Solution Radio shows are archived at thesolutionradioshow.com where you may re-listen at your convenience. There are also links to the websites of our guests, musicians, and sponsors. Also on the website, there's a page for upcoming events. Currently listed at that location are links to the Believer's East Coast Weekend. That's going to be in Maryland, July 3rd through the 5th, and there's a registration form there as well. And then also listed on the events page is the Young Believer's 20s and 30s only weekend in God's Word in Naperville. That's July 4th through the 26th. If you'd like your event listed, you can send information to info at the solutionradioshow.com. A reminder that the praise line is open 24 hours a day where you can call in and give a testimony of God's working in your heart and life and how he's answered your prayer. The number for that is 844-705-3410. We will continue to play some of those testimonies in upcoming shows. Please keep in your prayers the expansion of the Solution Radio Show. We are currently looking into expanding into other areas. And also, due to the wonders of modern technology, we know that we have listeners all throughout the United States and countries around the world, including England, France, Norway, Ireland, Switzerland, United Arab Emirates, and just this week, Croatia and Saudi Arabia. So that's really cool. I have two pamphlets available, You Are Righteous Now and The Solution. If you send me your mailing address, I'll send you one free of charge. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 9002, Naperville, Illinois, 60567. The Solution Radio Show is listener-supported. There's also a donation link available on our website. Thank you to our sponsors, the Carter Group, with offices in Chicago, Dallas, and Minneapolis, Mortgage Springs in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Thank you to our engineer and production support, Bill Albecker. 
Have an awesome rest of your day. God bless you. You are God's very best. You're tuned to The Big One, AM 1280, WBIG, Aurora, Naperville.